Hi, this is Brian Coleman, the game designer who helped create games like Rampage and Arch Rivals and Xenophobe and Pigskin and many other early, what are sometimes called classic games. And you are listening to Atari Bytes. Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 216. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Make sure that you have sanitized your podcatcher and that you are wearing gloves while you listen to the show. Gloves over your ears, of course, um, for safety reasons. I promise not to make you sick at least not with coronavirus, in the course of listening to this program. How's it going, everybody? Things are well here. No one here, thankfully, is sick with coronavirus. We do have a second round of influenza A making its way through the house. Uh, Hit my wife again for uh, the second time in a month. So that's fun. Nobody else is sick yet here. Knock on wood. I don't really know what knocking on wood does for you, but uh, I, you know, these days you can't afford to be too cautious. So, while I'm still healthy, let's get on with this week's show. Not a lot of news to report, at least that I choose to report. One article did catch my attention because it involved my favorite, or at least one of my favorite Atari games, Missile Command. As I was trying to pull up the article that I was looking for, I got a message on my screen. Google Rewards, you've made the 5 billionth search. Congratulations, you may be our next lucky winner. I'm sure this is legit, right? Okay, so here's an article on Polygon. Atari revives Missile Command with modern take for mobile. Atari is reviving Missile Command with a new game that the company calls a modern take on the arcade classic for mobile devices. The launch of the game called Missile Command Recharged coincides with this year's 40th anniversary of the 1980 original. Basically, it's still the same game, right? Your uh, missile silos battling incoming rockets to protect civilian structures, but Recharged uses a neon-colored visual design. And they compare it to uh, other arcade game reimaginings like Pac-Man Championship Edition and Space Invaders Extreme, neither of which I know anything about. Gameplay is remixed, power-ups and upgrades are available, and an augmented reality mode that projects gameplay onto a virtual arcade cabinet. I'm dubious of messing around with what I think is already a perfect game. They do have uh, a little sneak peek here on screen, and okay, I'll be honest, it does look kind of cool, but... It doesn't look like Missile Command to me. Uh, It's due to be released for iOS and Android this spring sometime. Be free to download with ads, and then of course you can make one-time purchases to play the game unobstructed and ad-free. And then they mention Atari's other plans, including the, you know, much ballyhooed new console, a crowdfunded VCS, and uh, breaking ground in a new line of Atari-themed hotels. So that's a thing that's happening. If anyone plays the uh, Missile Command Recharged, let me know what you think. Wow, is that it for the opening of the show? The show goes much faster without uh, the Mad Mike segment. Uh, we miss you, Mad Mike. All right, I guess we'll just get on to this week's game. This week's game is 
Adventure 2 for apparently the 5200. Uh, I, I gather that it was a homebrew uh, for the 5200 put out by Atari Age, but I played it on the Atari Flashback 9. It was uh, the Flashback, uh, it's the only one I have, it was a gift from the in-laws, um, not this past Christmas, the Christmas before I think, uh, and it's just been kind of sitting there in the box. I hadn't really messed around with it too much, and I thought, you know what, there's a ton of games on here, many of which are, are the typical titles that I've already played on the show. Uh, but there's a bunch of unique ones like Adventure 2. So I thought, all right, well, I should probably check some of those out. So over the coming weeks, you'll be hearing a lot of the uh, flashback titles because they're just kind of cool, and uh, and they should be played a little bit. And I can use all the inspiration for these stories that I can get. So this week, it's Adventure 2. I believe it came out in 2007 or 2008 originally. Like I said, I've got it on the flashback 9, I think. Something I read said it was originally on the Flashback 2. And then also, like, uh, I think a, a cartridge for the 5200. So, yeah, that's a thing. I could not find, actually to my disadvantage in trying to do the field report today, I could not find instructions specifically tailored to the uh, CX-40 joystick in the, you know, that comes with the Flashback. Uh, I found instructions for the 5200. I'll ignore most of that. I'm not playing on a 5200, although I am toying with getting a 5200, because I already have the 7800 and the 2600, and I figure I might as well complete the set. So I'm thinking about it. Watch this space. Announcements to come. So basically, Adventure 2 is pretty much what Adventure 1 was. It's a one-player game. Use the joystick to move a character in eight directions. Goal is to find the chalice in the Dark Kingdom's castle and return it to Seashore Kingdom's castle, courtyard. Along the way, you'll need to find and use keys to unlock castle gates, use the sword to defend yourself, and find your way through various mazes and screens. To pick up an item, you touch it. To drop it, you press the fire button. These instructions say fire button 1. I gather the 5200 controller has more than one fire button. The CX-40 um, joystick, of course, just has the 1. To manipulate a carried item, press fire button 2, which doesn't mean anything. This is where I started to get messed up because I was trying to figure out what, how do I do things with this joystick. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just had uh, an inappropriate thought there. It, it was easy enough to pick things up, of course, because you just touch them. But as far as trying to... I, I thought there was a way to, like, carry more than one thing, and I couldn't figure that out, and it was just brutal. Uh, Henry joined me for the field report. Uh, I don't know if he just got bored or disgusted with the game or was tired of me or what, but he is obviously not here for the rest of the show. Uh, so the description tells us, avoid all creatures if possible. Dragons will bite you and eventually swallow you whole. You can press the number 5 key on your 5200 controller to revive yourself at the nearest checkpoint at any time, whether you're eaten, stuck, or just hopelessly lost. See the creature section for more information on each creature. When you've successfully returned the chalice, the game will assign you a special ranking based on how well you did. Small mazes contain two kingdoms. Medium mazes contain all four kingdoms with small castle interior mazes. Vast mazes contain all four kingdoms with large castle interior mazes. I think I may have been playing on the vast mazes level because I wasn't really paying attention to uh, which game I selected. Beginner levels are uh, games 1, 2, and 3 where the troll mischief is light, the minotaur doesn't chase you or shift hedges, and the dragons aren't as strong. Intermediate level, games 4 through 9... Troll steals from you, Minotaur chases you, but will not shift the hedge maze. In the advanced level, games 10 and 11, Troll steals, 
Minotaur chases you and may shift the hedge maze if he grabs you. Dragons are at full strength. There are these things flying around, little black things with wings, that I kept calling bats. I kind of think maybe those were the dragons. Supposed to be the dragons flying. Oh, okay. The advanced level games 10 and 11 have these small kingdoms. 12 and 13 are medium and 14 or 15 are bat. There are also special levels uh, as the advanced rules, but dragons are even stronger. Slain dragons will regenerate after a while, and the kingdom one maze will be randomly chosen each time you play. And that spans games 16 through 21. Uh, or excuse me, 22, and at level 22, or game 22, all four kingdom mazes are randomly chosen each time you play. A different maze each time. Items and creatures. You have a sword, which is your trusted weapon, handed down to you by your ancestors. Blade is sharp and strong enough to chop wood planks from logs. Use the sword to slay the dragons, but be warned, some dragons need to be stuck multiple times to kill them. The sword's handle will not kill a dragon, but will push it away. The keys all look the same, but are different colors. Each key opens a castle of like color collect them all. Again, I couldn't figure out how to collect more than one thing at a time. Wood planks, build bridges over some areas of water. The bridge allows you to cross any obstacle, including logs, boulders, hedge walls, hedges, walls, and water. Press fire button 2 to change from normal bridge to side bridge. And again, I'm not sure that sentence makes any sense. The chalice must be returned to the Seashore Kingdom's castle courtyard to win the game. The magnet activates when you pick it up. It draws an item toward it. Each creature has its own abilities, which can hinder or even end your adventure. The troll is always busy running around, loves to steal items, is a coward, however, and will run from dragons. He suffers from nearsightedness, but will generally move toward a desired item. He often takes naps. If the troll steals an item, he will hide it in the same kingdom. The troll steals an item inside a castle's maze, he will hide it inside the same castle. Let's see. Busy running around, bit of a coward, nearsighted, and likes to take naps. I think he just, they just pretty much describe most of us. Anyway, uh, the dragons, you've known about the orange dragon's presence in the Seashore Kingdom for a while now. The beast isn't very fast, but has dagger-like teeth and can quickly devour you. The dragons go about their business, roaming, guarding, attacking, fiercely territorial, never give up a chase once they've bitten you. If a dragon eats you, you must revive yourself by pressing the 5 key. So, hold on. And that's on the uh, 5200 controller, of course. Hold on. You've been eaten. How do you revive yourself? Do you, like, get pooped out and kind of, you know, squish your way over to the place where you can revive yourself? I don't understand that. I get maybe if you've been bitten and there was, like, a health meter, you could, you know, regain some health points or something. I'm very confused. But by reviving yourself, you also revive all the slain dragons. Frugal is the orange dragon. She possesses average speed and strength and lives in the seashore kingdom. Slithel is the green dra Who's giving them these names? Do dragons name each other? Anyway, Slithel's the green Slithel is the green dragon. She roams, roams the green kingdom's hedge mazes and is fast and strong. Brundle, the red dragon, is the most ferocious, ferocious dragon of all. She is fast, ferocious, intelligent, and very strong. The Minotaur roams the green kingdom's hedge maze endlessly. He fears nothing. If he grabs you, he will expel you from the maze. On certain difficulty levels, he will change the actual layout of the hedge maze. Although there are four different hedge mazes in Adventure 2, fortunately there are only two possible hedge mazes for each particular game variation. The four kingdoms are the Seashore Kingdom, the Green Kingdom, the Ice Kingdom, and the Dark Kingdom. They all have their own unique properties. You start out in the Seashore Kingdom's castle, and this is where you got to get back to with the chalice. You cross the troll bridge to leave the kingdom. 
and use the gold key to open the castle. I was able to do that much, right? I was able to get a key and open the gate, and I did another one of the kingdoms too, but then I couldn't figure out what to do after that. Seashore Kingdom has sandy pathways, logs, and boulders. The Green Kingdom has four unique hedge mazes. Must traverse a confusing hedge maze to find the Green Kingdom's castle. You need to have the green key to open, open the castle. At one point I did have the green key, and I think I even opened it. But you have to watch out for Slothal the Green Dragon and the Minotaur who patrols the kingdom. I don't think I saw the Minotaur. I saw the dragon, of course. The Ice Kingdom has small and large castle interior mazes. It's a desolate, abandoned kingdom in the mountains and has been frozen over for years. Calling Elsa and Anna, am I right? Start that. Calling Elsa and Anna, where's Olaf when you need him? I'm making all that up. That's not in the manual. <laughs> Pay attention to the castle floor's colors to find your way through. Watch out for Brundle, who may make a guest appearance. The Dark Kingdom has small and large castle interior mazes. Follow the twisting paths through the dark, spooky forest to find the fiery castle. I never made it this far. Brundle guards the land, so be careful. Bring the red key. Search the Dark Kingdom's castle interior for the final courtyard screen, where the stolen chalice has been placed. And get out alive! Pay attention to the castle's floor colors to find your way through. There are a few special abilities you may find or earn when playing Adventure 2. Speed. You move twice as fast, as long as that power lasts. Shield. You can't be harmed. Want some revenge on those nasty creatures? Flight. When you find one of the three hidden bat eggs, also known as dots, you'll be granted a wonderful ability to fly anywhere without colliding with background objects. Don't end up stuck when the power wears off. Alright, so maybe those things I saw that I called bats actually were bats. Hmm. And that, more or less, is how you play Adventure 2. Except on the flashback, where the controls are different. The strategy wiki does offer a walkthrough for Adventure 2. An unlicensed, they described as an unlicensed adventure game for the Atari 5200, developed and published by Atari Age in 2007, heavily inspired by the original adventure, of course. So when you go to the walkthrough, though, it just says there's no text on this page. So that's not much help there, but if you want to go put around there, that's a thing you can do. The Atari Age store is offering the cartridge for the 5200 for $35. It gets glowing reviews, pretty much all five stars from what I can see. Uh, the reviews are old, either from when it, uh, for the most part. Uh, a couple from when it came out in 2007. One in 2014, somebody in 2019. But like I say, they're all glowing reviews. The game is fantastic. Game is excellent. Amazing job improving on its predecessor. Visually, the game's a feast. The environment is vibrant with movement. The sounds are somewhat sparse, but what's there complements the action. One of the reviewers said, Remember how you ran in terror when that duck-shaped dragon suddenly appeared? Henry also observed in the field report that the dragon looks a lot like a duck. Because uh, it does. So that's part of the charm, right? This looks a lot like Adventure 1 that people love so much. All right. Well, the question, though, is do I love this game so much? After the break, we know seconds in a series can be great, Empire Strikes Back, and not so great, Temple of Doom. Where does Adventure 2 fit in? I don't know. This could be a short show, I guess. Are you ready to flash back all the 
way to the present? Meh. That's the kind of excitement I like to hear. Alright. We're gonna play Adventure 2. Electric Boogaloo. Or something. Should we do this? Man, is he excited. Alright, so we're in the castle. Henry's driving. He's got his little square dude. Square, like physically square, not like, you know, a nerd. Walking, walking, walking. Kind of a trot, really. Oh, there's the, what we're calling a bat. And he had a key. No sound in this game, really, except when you hit something. That's kind of disappointing. Oh, now he's carrying the bat and the key. I know it's not probably not a bat, but I like to call it a bat, because that's what it looks like. Now he's carrying the bat and the key. Walking, 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 walking. There's that purple parentheses thing. Brackets. Now it's gone. There it is again. Now the bat's gone, but there's the key. Now we can't get the key! Oh my god! Now we have no key. Nope, can't get to it. It's over there on that other piece of land, somehow. I guess that's supposed to be land with water around it, maybe? I don't know. As with Adventure 1, the graphics leave a little bit to be desired. There is a distinct lack of action in this game, which could be a turnoff for people. Um, although I know there are a lot of people who get really excited about Adventure 1. Walking, walking, walking. Usually by now we've seen a sword, or the second key, but we're not seeing anything this time. Now there's that same key again. What do you think so far, Henry? Henry's nonplussed. What do you think of the look of this game, Henry? Henry's uh, all about the shrugs today. Hmm. Well, this is some fascinating podcasting, but should we uh, should we call it a field report? Can be done. All right. We'll talk more on the regular show because back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. 
I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. Okay, so here's the thing about Adventure 2. I was not blown away. I, I, I really did appreciate and get a kick out of the fact that it looks a lot like Adventure 1. Um, there was no attempt to, to uh, make it a shiny new thing. Um, they really wanted to, and the designers really wanted to keep the feel and the look of Adventure 1. I totally respect that. That said, for me personally, this is not what I want from an Atari game. I played games like this on the PC um, you know, in the 90s. In the 80s and 90s, and I was I was totally there for it. But on the Atari, for me, it's not the kind of game I'm looking for. I'm looking for Galaga, or uh, Galaxian, or Mega Mania, or something that moves a little faster with you know the, the classic Atari noises, and you get to laser things. That for me, that's what I'm looking for in an Atari game. So this, I wasn't blown over. I wasn't blown away, or blown over for that matter, by this game. Not because I think it's a bad game, just it didn't grab me, I guess. If I had time to sit there for an hour and really dig into it, maybe. But, uh, frankly, I don't. I just want to pick up a game and blast stuff with a laser. And say, well, that was kind of fun, and then move on. Your mileage may vary. If you have thoughts about Adventure 2, or Adventure 1, or Coronavirus, or whatever... Contact me at one of the various means that you can do that, which I'll mention at the end of the show. And there's a pretty good chance I'll play it on the show, or read it, or whatever. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time. With Bill. This week's story is titled Fate's Fate. Carter, the regional fate manager, sat back in his office chair. The good leather one with the armrests and the lumbar support he had to wait to get until after the director of coincidences retired, and that guy was and that guy was damn near immortal. He cupped a brandy in his weary hands. This had been a good day. <sighs> they really liked it, didn't they? Carter asked after taking a sip. He turned to Yasmin. Assistant to the original fate manager. Yasmin looked worried. In truth, she always looked worried. That could be because members of her family kept turning up in hell with little or no due process to explain the reassignment. That wasn't fate's department, so Carter was a little fuzzy on the details. Hell assignments came only from either upstairs directly, from death division, or occasionally from the bad choices complex. Carter, though, dealt only in fate. And today had been a fatefully good day. Yasmin looked up from her phone. Yes, sir. They seemed to like the experience quite a bit. Behind one ear, Yasmin had a ballpoint pen. Behind the other, a stylus for her phone. But the shiny plastic glinted a bit in the overhead lighting, and it was annoying. Quite a bit? Carter parroted. They liked it quite a bit? He chuckled. <laughs> they goddamn loved it. Yasmin winced and waited. Nothing happened. Fate devoured an entire key lime pie that just appeared out of nowhere, then said, those two, uh, what were their names? Joel and Cordelia, Yasmin said, while frowning at her phone. Right, Carter said. Remember how cool that adventure was? They thought they were just going out to buy avocado toast for the bosses at their internship. Then fate, that's me, intervened and they wound up with diamonds and a chase through Central Park. 
which was weird since they live and interned in Salt Lake City, Jasmine pointed out. I know, right? Carter the Fate beamed. And that bit about going over Niagara Falls and Rain Barrel was insane, wasn't it? Indeed, Yasmin said. I mean, they loved it, right? A mariachi band and ninjas and feral pigs all showed up? It was the adventure of a lifetime, Carter said. Can't top that. They'll talk about that adventure the rest of their lives. Yasmin scrolled a bit on her phone, frowning some more. Yeah, only here's the thing. What? Well, Yasmin said reluctantly, it seems Cordelia and Joel want... Another adventure. What? Another adventure? Carter said, bewildered. They just finished the last one. They've still got bucks of pixie stick powder in their nether parts. Nonetheless, Yasmin said, bioscans indicate they are jonesing for more adventure. They are so high at the adrenaline rush that they need more. In the course of an afternoon, they went from total strangers with a mild antipathy toward each other to being super horny. Hours of post-adventure sex hasn't quelled it. It might be the pixie powder. You need to give them another adventure. Oh, come on, Carter groaned. He banged his fists on the table, paused, then shrugged. I can't. There's nothing more to give. Fate deems their lives to be predictable from now on. Carter made a show of finality by shuffling some papers on his desk. So that's your final word, Yasmin said. No, this is, Carter said. Cumulonimbus. With that, Carter turned away from Yasmin and stared at a magic eight ball on his shelf. Yasmin, the assistant to the regional fate, got an idea. Well, that's fine, sir, she said, if you don't think you have what it takes. Well, Carter said slowly. I mean, what right does fate have to hand two ordinary people another extraordinary adventure? Yasmin said. It just isn't done, is it? Carter shook his head. It would be unusual. Fate couldn't deliver all the time. You know, unless you're a one percenter. Or Kardashian. But then, to Carter's great confusion, Yasmin started to recite a poem. Your life is a bore. Your life is a bore. We totally get you. We totally get you. Where the fun comes again for her and him. It's adventure too. Surf down to the Earth's core. Surf down to the Earth's core. Run with gazelles too. Run with gazelles too. We've got adventures to put smiles on every face. It's adventure too. The good life will call again. YOLO is totally true. Down at our dragon zoo. Down at our dragon zoo. It's adventure too. Yasmin finished and blinked at Carter for an awkwardly long time. Why did you... Carter started to ask, but then let it go. Yasmin's words, odd as they were, stirred something inside the regional fate manager he hadn't felt for a long time. Not since steering those titanic builders toward the glory of innovation and ocean travel. Though admittedly, that hadn't worked out quite as planned. Carter tossed back the rest of his brandy and a bonus shot to boot. Right, he said, let's do this. Yasmin was proud of having motivated her boss, but also a little trepidatious. The bottle of brandy on the credenza did not go to waste. Within days, college stoners Joel and Cordelia were off on a second adventure of a lifetime. They climbed mountains, outran avalanches. There was a car chase through the Italian countryside. Cordelia won a camel race. Joel punched an alien from another dimension in the face. Or at least the area where a face probably would be. It was epic, in the least cliche sense of the word. 
Carter really outdid himself as fate conjured adventure after adventure. He was a sweaty, exhausted mess, sure to get that promotion to fate director for the Southern Dimension. Yasmin had never been prouder of her boss. Joel and Cordelia grinned the whole time, even through the terrifying parts. There was no question this was a day. Just one day, but still. That they would remember for the rest of their lives. Which turned out to be about six hours, because that's when city bus number four mowed them down. Carter did not get the promotion. But Yasmin did. Is there Dame Sounds? And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Tortney for the storytime theme. You can find the adventure that is Atari Bytes on many podcatchers. But make sure you leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. Don't forget, you can call and leave a voicemail too, 563-265-1978. Leave me a message about any damn thing you want, and there's a pretty good chance I'll play it on the show. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. It is chock full of stuff. Like what, you ask? If you want links to episodes and social media and information about this show, Atari Bytes, you can find it. If you want links and social media and information and episodes about my other podcast, the monthly It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, you can find that too. You can also find out about books that I've written, like In the St. Nick of Time and Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. Want to know what those books are? The website will tell you. Want to know where you can order it? The books, the, the website will give you some of those places too. It's amazing the technology we have in front of us at this point. And yet, and yet, no one will tell me how to play Adventure 2 on the flashback. Oh well. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes Patreon page. That is to say, becoming a subscriber. What will you get if you're a subscriber? Well, it depends on how much you donate, frankly. But you could get access to episodes early. You don't have to wait till Sunday, necessarily. You can get it pretty much whenever I get it done. That's usually how that works. Um, you can also get bonus content. Uh, occasionally, I'll put up extra stuff that you don't get to hear on the regular podcast. Um, for example, I have been watching Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, the animated TV show, and occasionally putting up an episode talking about that. You're not going to hear that on this podcast. you got to be a subscriber to get access to that goodness. Like these guys. Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's write that. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show, and thank you to the future subscribers that I just know are out there. I believe you can still get Go Play Some Old Games They've Missed You shirts and mugs on Zazzle.com, the AB underscore pod underscore store site over there. Um, at some point, that store is going to be overhauled, but it hasn't happened yet. Next time on Atari Bytes. We're hitting up the flashback again. This time we're playing a game called Aquaventure, because evidently we're playing the flashback in alphabetical order. So either it's a typo and it's supposed to be adventure and they just like fell asleep typing, or it's actually a game called Aquaventure, which I'm going to guess is some sort of water-based game. But we'll find out next week. 
So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.